Welcome to Evil Done Badly, the worst podcast on the internet. This week, we are covering another total wacko from the early 1900s. And for that, we have to thank one of our three listeners, Jeff G, for sending that in. This episode features the real piece of shit known as Carl Panzram, amongst other things. And just let me say right off the bat, he likes his beverages. His first brush with the law involved him drinking too many of them. Before he hit 10 years old even. He got an exceptionally early start on being a drunken asshole. And it never gets any better from there. This guy, he's a real fuckhead. And I can't wait to get into him. Almost as much as he couldn't wait to get into anyone with a cornhole. But before we get in there... And get our hands dirty, grab yourself a beverage, but try not to wind up in jail while doing so. Hold on to your fine arse, and let's hear the theme song. This episode of Evil Done Badly is brought to you by the fine, hardworking folks over at the wide world of paranormal investigations and ridiculous thrifter groups on Facebook. One covers out-of-this-world paranormal phenomena, and the other covers out-of-this-world outrageous prices that can be found at thrift stores, with a particular disdain for Value Village, or Savers if you prefer. They both have thousands and thousands of members, and you should be one, if you're not already. They're both fun, silly places. Now back to the show. Carl Panzram was born on June 28, 1891, in Minnesota, to East German immigrant parents. To the surprise of absolutely nobody, little Carl here has a miserable upbringing, and so did his six siblings. His parents were poor farmer people and kept their kids home from school so they could go outside every day and plow the kumquat fields. I have no idea what farmers were growing in Minnesota in the late 1800s, but I imagine there were more than a few cabbages involved in this. So the children, they're out working the fields during the day, and this is a horrible way to spend your childhood. But it gets worse. The government eventually gets this silly idea that, hey, school is important. And they made it illegal for people to not send their kids to school. So these poor little bastards take a few hours a day. They get out of the fields. They go and they get to sit at a desk, eat a ham sandwich, if they're lucky, and they get to learn about Pythagoras and not have to worry about the damn cabbages. But when they get back home, yes, you guessed it. These parents just moved their farming day to the nighttime. And yep, you guessed it. These poor children had to go right back into the fields until sometime in the middle of the night. I'm surprised the dad didn't get a pitchfork through the neck at some point. Wow. And needless to say, the dad, he's a cunt. He would discipline the children by chaining them up 
or starving them. Now, starving is probably still preferable to eating kumquats and cabbages all the time, but the dad's still a cunt. He's angry, and when Carl is seven, the dad can't take any more of this farm crap, so he just runs away. Not only does dad run away, all but one of Carl's brothers would bugger off too, leaving Carl and one other young boy. Well, he would be left with one other young boy sibling, but he had already drowned, so he was no help either. Now, Carl, little Panzram here, liked to steal things, but he's not that great at it. He gets caught over and over again, and he gets sent to a training school. And according to Panzram, the people at the school were not very nice, and they tortured him, and they sexually assaulted him over and over. And he said the 1900s equivalent of fuck this shit and burned the place to the ground in 1905. Now this, he managed to get away with. So maybe arsonism is his strong point. But he gets sent to another training school for stealing from his mom and eventually paroled at the age of 14. He gets out, runs away, and he winds up on a train with a bunch of hobos who repeatedly banged him up the arse. Hmm. Is it banged up the arse or bung up the arse repeatedly? Bah! Either is fine. Grammar, grammar's not our strong point. The idea? You get the idea. The, the penetration is still there. And uh, when he's not being banged up the ass or bunged up the ass, he still likes burgling. But when there's nothing to burgle, he likes to burn things. And he's pretty good at it. He especially likes burning churches. So, that's pretty metal. It's not cool, it's not legal, but it is very metal. And you know what? If I ran a church and some idiot burned it down, well, I just use it as an excuse to uh, build my congregation of even more money. So we could build, well, you know what? An even fancier church. Maybe one with a basketball court and a hot tub. And a wine cellar. Oh my God, the beverages we would have. I'm salivating here. I'm going to preacher school. I've decided. I want a church, and I want to have it burned down so I can get a better one. My church is going to have shag carpeting, neon lights, and a disco ball. Hallelujah! I found my new career. Now, nobody says I have to believe anything in the Bible, which uh, I see no reason to believe any of it, but I've never read it. I don't know how believable it actually is, but I can sure pretend that I do. I can pretend to understand and believe whatever you want me to, if it'll get me shag carpeting on a basketball court. Anyways, back to Carl. In 1907, Panzram joins the army, and he's a complete piece of shit in there, too. He wouldn't listen, he stole things, and he got his ass booted out and sent to military prison for three years. Now, whatever civility was left in his brain, he had spanked right out of him while he was there. And by the age of 20, he still wants to steal things. And uh, he's still not very good at it, but it didn't stop him from dreaming big. And at one point, he manages 
to steal enough crap to pawn off to buy his very own yacht. He's ballin'. So, uh, he has these big dreams, but he still gets caught, and he gets sent to prison, and he's still an asshole while he's there. He's belligerent, and he's violent towards the guards. And they respond by beating the snot out of him and putting him in solitary. He spent time in penal institutions all over the U.S. He may have also spent time in vaginal institutions all over the country, but, uh... The research on that is kind of spotty. He spent all sorts of time in institutions and under all sorts of different names, including such fine monikers as Jeff Davis, John Alaria, two different Jeffersons, and occasionally Carl Panzram. In 1910, he's almost 20 years old, and he flees to Mexico. And he wants to go down there and join the Mexican army. They don't want him either. So he goes back to El Paso, Texas. And just picks up where he leaves off. And goes back about his daily routine of stealing things. He ain't Batman. But boy, he sure is Robin. He claims to have stolen $35 from a dead guy. That seems in poor taste, don't it? Robin a dead guy. Will this guy stop at nothing? Of course, there is this little detail that, well, the guy wasn't originally dead before his money was stolen. So it's not quite as bad as it sounds. Panzram raped and strangled him and then took his 35 bucks. Yep, this guy has no class at all. And he has no class. And in 1911, he steals a bike, gets caught, he escapes and throws two people off a train, but not before, making sure there's some penetration and making them rape each other. Through all this penetration, he winds up with a bad case of gonorrhea and gets arrested in Oregon for, well, here goes. You might want to sit down for this. Robbery and sodomy. <laughs> That's a nice alliterative package of deviance right there. But he breaks out of his cell, tries to burn down the prison, gets smacked around a bit, and has his ankles broken. So, between all that, he gets more time added to his sentence, and he gets sent to an actual tough prison. Here at the tough prison, he flings a bucket of his crap at a guard, and gets what little shit that was left in him beaten out, and he gets chained to a cell door for 30 days. This doesn't make him any happier. He just gets angrier and angrier, starts yelling at people, starts another fire, and attacks people with an axe. He gets seven more years of prison, says, fuck that, and he escapes using some sort of tools he constructed out of junk he found lying around. He's very resourceful. Or... Maybe the prisons he's in are just terrible at keeping people in there. Like, yeah, maybe they're budget prison guards or something. I would be a terrible prison guard. I'm not running after anyone because, well, that's a great way to get your ass kicked. Anyway, I am trying my best to not go anywhere near any prisons in any kind of capacity. 
Either way, Pandran busts out, runs off to Idaho, changes his name, gets arrested again, escapes again, runs to Montana, and you know what? These old jails? I'm starting to think they're made out of, like, paper mache or something. Or maybe Panzram here, he's some fucking escaping savant. He's terrible at crime, but he's ungodly good at escaping. Uh, maybe, maybe he's the rain man of going to jail or something. But he does actually spend a year in there, banging men up the arse for shits and giggles, and he gets let out with five bucks in his pocket. So he goes back on the trains and fucks around for a while. He's just banging around there, and uh, he settles into a career of burglaring that culminates with him going back to jail for seven more years. Again, he has his shit knocked out of him. He gets stuck in the hole a bunch of times, and that's probably just as literal as it is figurative. But instead of staying there for seven years, he escapes two years later, gets into a shootout with authorities, gets slapped back in his cell, and he promptly just saws his way out of it again. Now, his experience, it must have made him a little sneakier, and he decides to leave the Pacific Northwest, and in a super villain move for the ages, he shaves his mustache. No one will ever recognize him now. Ha 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 ha, there's no stopping Panzram. So Panzram, and his smooth upper lip evade capture for a couple of years. And he decides, well, you know what? I'm done fucking around with these little tiny heists. So I'm going to pull off a heist for the ages. He doesn't just pull off any heist. He has a specific target in mind. Now, he's been in jail about a gazillion times. But for some reason, he has a special beef with former president Billy Taft who had something to do with his incarceration at the military prison in Kansas. So in 1920, he winds up in New Haven, Connecticut, and burglarizes Taft's mansion. He makes off with a bunch of fancy jewelry and bonds and a shiny new handgun. Now, this must have been some expensive jewelry, because it's here where he buys that yacht out of the proceeds. So Panzram, he's got a boat, and you know what that means. He's got a boat and no mustache, and now it's time to really let loose and be an evil guy. So he's on his boat, and he's just drifting along the eastern seaboard, and he makes regular trips to the mainland to pick up necessities. And by necessities, I mean he went ashore and sidled up to some sailors at the New York pubs, and convinced them to come back to his boat to check out his stamp collection. And by stamp collection, I mean come back to his boat and sample his moonshine. And by sampling his moonshine, I mean they were invited to come back to the boat, get drunk, sodomized, shot with Taft's former gun, and dumped in Long Island Sound. Panzram claimed to have killed ten sailors this way. I mean, God, that must have been a nice stamp collection so his boat sinks in late 1920 presumably because he kept putting holes in the bottom of it from shooting drunk people so he has to move back on land and he gets arrested for burglary and for owning a loaded handgun in connecticut 
He just does another inconvenient, quick six months stint in prison. No big deal. Now, he's a bad dude, but he's no dragon ninja. He's a terrible person, but he gets worse. He hops his ship and moves to South Africa to work on an oil rig. Now, that's not the worst part. There's nothing evil about working on an oil rig. He becomes disgruntled and unsatisfied with his workplace situation, and he expresses his dissatisfaction by burning it down and going off in search of virgins. So, he goes around knocking on doors in Angola and offers up $8 for a young virgin. Weirdly enough, uh, a family comes to his aid and he comes back with a 12-year-old girl. He has his way with her and then asks for his money back because he suspected she wasn't a virgin. They don't give his money back, but they do offer him an exchange for their 8-year-old girl and he has his way with her too, but he is still not satisfied that she was a virgin either. So he returns her by the due date, and now he's out of money. So uh, he doesn't want to pay for sex anymore, so he just goes off and... Uh, he goes off in search of a male child to rape for free, which seems like it's a little more up his alley. He finds one, rapes and kills him with a rock, and claims, quote, His brains were coming out of his ears when I left him, and he will never be any deader. Unquote. Now, the locals suspected that Panzeram here is the cunt responsible, but they couldn't exactly prove it. So uh, he, he lays low a bit and he hides away in a fishing village. He makes a few bucks doing something, or he just stole them, and he hires six natives to take him into the jungle to look for crocodiles. Crocodiles were an expensive commodity to Europeans. Well, at least to the Europeans who were too lazy to get in a kayak and poke the crocodiles with a stick themselves. They'd much rather pay somebody else to do it. Now, he drags all six of them off into the woods, shoots them, and feeds their remains to said crocodiles. Wow. I don't know how he managed to do that because, I mean, you, you gotta be making a racket how you shoot one guy with the other five around and nobody noticing and managing to pick off all six of them in a row. I'm not sure I believe all this, but this guy's a big fuckhead. And, apart from murdering them, he also regularly used racial slurs. So this guy is truly vile. And when he gets back from the expedition, without the six people he had hired, he goes, hey, um, hmm, this might look a little suspicious because, uh, I went out there with these six guys and now I don't have them no more. Uh, they might go looking into that and think I'm some kind of a murdering guy. And, uh, well, he decides to skedaddle. So he just fucks around a bit and, uh, he robs people on the way and he winds up in Portugal. And yes... The people that he murdered got looked for, and uh, he gets to Portugal, and pertaining to these six missing people, he sees wanted posters of his face plastered 
all over Portugal. And, well, Easto's away on a ship headed back to the States because, well, they're looking for him. He winds up back in Connecticut in 1922. He finds a couple of young boys in Connecticut, has his way with them, murders them with blunt objects, and gets a job as the most trustworthy night watchman you've ever seen. He's so trustworthy, he steals another boat. He promises a 15-year-old boy a job as a deckhand, but the job he really gets is, well, being banged up the ass by Panzram. That's his job, and it's unpaid. Panzram, what a cheap cunt he is. Now, he lures another dude onto this boat, and he doesn't like the vibe he's catching from him. He finds this dude to be untrustworthy, which is totally unlike Panzram himself, who is immensely trustworthy, obviously. And he suspects that this guy might be planning to rob him. Panzram, he's a little put off by this guy's untrustworthiness and tells him that there's only going to be one guy who robs stuff on this boat. And he promptly shoots him and chucks him into the river. Now, the poor kid whose job it was to get banged up the ass by Panzram, he's still on the boat. He witnesses the murder. He jumps overboard. He runs away by swimming to shore and tells the police that Captain John O'Leary, which is what he was going by at the time, this John O'Leary guy is a bum-fucking murderer and quite possibly the worst employer ever. Now, Panzram, he gets picked up in New York. And he trades his stolen boat to his lawyer in exchange for bail, which he skips out on. He just goes about robbing some more places, and uh, he gets caught again. Gets thrown in jail, and pretends to be somebody else. And in the process, he gets himself all gimped up trying to escape. He gets let out in 1928, commits another bum-fucking murder over in Baltimore. He robs another house. So this guy is totally dedicated to his craft. He's persistent. He's uh, he's unstoppable, but boy, does he suck at it. He gets caught. And during the interrogation, he gives his real name and says, By the way, you know what, gang? I killed three little boys. And the police just go, Hey, this, this really trustworthy guy sitting in front of us is saying he... Kill three little boys. We better look into it. So they take him seriously enough, and they go about corroborating his story. They looked into his past, and they found out that Pazram was, indeed, a complete bum-fucking-fuckhead. And, uh, well, Pazram, he's, uh, he's got a good head of steam going, so he doubles down on being a supervillain, admits that he would really like to do some damage by poisoning the waterhole or stealing a battleship and provoking the United States and the Brits into a world war. He dreams big, yeah, gotta give him that. He acts all loopy and stuff, and uh, he winds up sentenced to 25 years to life in Leavenworth Federal Penitentiary. He shows up on their doorstep and threatens that he will kill the first person who gets on his nerves. So, uh... He's assigned to do all his duties by himself because he's considered a little bit unstable. Now, the foreman, 
He's a hard ass named Bob Warnke, and he's not afraid of Panzram. Now, Warnke here, he liked kicking the shit out of problem prisoners, and he saw Panzram as someone he'd really like to kick the shit out of. So, uh, one day when they're alone, he kicks the shit out of Panzram by uh, getting beaten to death with a pipe. So Panzram is declared completely bonkers and gets sentenced to die. Panzram is really happy to have accomplished something by killing Warnke, and he's happy to have his death sentence. Yay, he's gonna die. Let's get him fried, get it over with. But you know who's not happy about Panzram's death sentence? That'd be the anti-death penalty people. These misguided folks try to get his sentence appealed and Panzram more or less tells him to piss off, and he wishes he could choke them all to death too. So, that ends that argument, and the death sentence stands, and he settles down to await his execution. Now, for some reason, Panzram makes a friend while he's on death row. Uh, one of the guards here, named Henry Lesser, he smells an opportunity and gives Panzram money for cigarettes. Panzram goes, huh? And he's taken aback by this guy's kindness and agrees to write down his thrilling escapades for people to enjoy. He claims to have killed 21 people, committed thousands of pilferings, and committed over 1,000 sodomizings. This guy's like the Wilt Chamberlain of unwanted bumfucking. I don't think there's basketball cards for bumfucking. Uh, so I don't think you can go out and buy his rookie card. But if it did exist, there's plenty of psychos out there who would buy it. Seriously, there's a few bucks in it for somebody. And uh, he also claims to have no remorse whatsoever. He's over that whatever conscience he had got beat out of him long ago. He's not even a little bit sorry. I'm not surprised. Well, he's just a big fucking cunt. And when it comes time for him to hang, he's asked for any last words and he goes, quote, hurry up, you bastard. I could kill a dozen men while you're screwing around, unquote. This guy, he's a character. He's so much of a character that Henry Lesser spends the next 40 years trying to get Panzram silly escapades published. He never did get it published himself, but he let a few other people cheat off what he had there and write their own books about him. Lesser gets old, and uh, in 1980s, he donates the letters to a university in San Francisco. So if you're interested in learning more about this asshole, there's a few books about him and a few movies made about his eventful life. He made it into a Marilyn Manson song so you know, he's one of the heavy hitters, one of these top-tier psychopaths. And that's it for Carl Panzram, what a piece of shit, and a stupid cunt. And now, let's see what's happening this week in true crime news. Giovanni Impalazzari was a 25-year-old custodian at a New Jersey school. And on Halloween 2023, he was arrested. Why was he arrested? Well, he allegedly put his piss and shit in the children's food and also tainted other foods with bleach. His goal? 
was to make people sick, and he bragged about it online. Videos have surfaced of him making sweet, non-consensual love to inanimate objects around the school, and of him shitting in tacos. I'd be very surprised if there's none of his allegedges all over the walls at this place. And on top of all this disgusting stuff, he's also got a couple of kitty porn charges thrown on top of there for good measure. He's been denied bail, and he's fucked six ways from Sunday. I wouldn't want to be that guy. Now, I make a terrible podcast, and I'm totally ashamed of it, but at least I'm not that guy. And there you have it. Another inept episode of the worst true crime podcast ever, Evil Done Badly, is in the books. If you would like to reach out and suggest future episode topics, we can be reached on Instagram at Evil Done Badly or by email at EvilDoneBadly at gmail.com. So thanks again to our three regular listeners and to Jeff G for sending in this Pansram nut job. My name is Dick, and I hope to see you next time. Thank you. Bye-bye.